Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to The Friday Show. It's a show that greatly values Manchester City's affiliation with the League Cup, but still kind of preferred the tournament when it was milk, maybe Littlewoods at push. On today's show we are unsurprisingly looking ahead to the big game at Wembley on Sunday, and no doubt looking back on a surreal week that briefly saw 12 leading clubs, including City, attempt to take football silver and do a runner. Are they forgiven? Can they ever be forgiven? And why don't Everton realise that it's very easy to have ethics when those ethics are never tested? To discuss all this, I'm joined by two guys who could definitely break away to form their own pod because they're both European and super. It's Leon and Harry. Hi, Leon. You well, pal? Morning, Steve. Yeah, very good, thank you. Good to be back on the pod. Good to have you back, man. Yeah, it's been a while. When was the last time? Yeah, it's got to be six weeks ago, maybe two two months. Yeah, it's been a while. Good. Well, yeah, glad to have you back, mate. And uh, Harry, you well? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Although it does feel like a, like a two months has passed in the space of like 72 hours. Yeah, yeah. It's been a surreal week and it's kind of extremes all over the place, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, I've never seen anything like what's happened this week, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I just swung from one end to another and... Yeah, it's trying to make sense of it all, which is good to do it today because it's kind yeah. of like a roundup of the week as well. The Friday, it's day. horrid, horrid timing for me because I'm in like the final stretch of my dissertation, and it's just like, how can you keep your eyes off what is going on and try to focus on like university work? It's awful. Yeah, well, Monday and Tuesday are like my busiest work days, and somehow just managing to follow what's going on, on Twitter whilst working as well was was hard. But yeah, mm. so Leon. How do you make sense of the last week? Um, let's start with kind of how you felt, you know, kind of Sunday, Monday, when it basically looked like City and 11 other clubs were dismantling football as we know it. Yeah, I was in a sort of level of shock uh, because there were murmurings the week before, wasn't there, about the City not being involved. Yeah. Um, but as I was saying to Harry off air just then, and I'm not trying to be clever, I, it didn't get inside me, so I didn't really believe it anyway. Right. And I, and I promise you, I sent a few messages to WhatsApp groups that I was on, who obviously invariably are quick to jump on City at any point. Um, and I said, it's never going to happen. Yeah. And, and within 72 hours or 48 hours, it didn't. So I was surprised... And again, the reason I was surprised is that City, despite having this awful reputation for oil money and being, you know, awful, awful club, that they do sort of liaise with supporters groups and all the work done in East Manchester, it didn't make sense that they're going to go into this mm. without liaising with mm. the fans, without liaising with anybody. So I didn't really believe it. Um, and it's not really their style. So... I wasn't. I was more surprised um, that it got changed back so quickly, and it was all over by Thursday. Yeah. Than, than the surprise that it happened in the first place. So, yeah, I, I never thought it'd happen, and it didn't. And I'm very glad that it didn't. And actually, it's come out now that we were the first club to kind of um, falter, really. Does that matter that we're the first to fold? I mean, sweeping the background certainly seems to think so. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. I've put them two doors away from me. There's, two, of them. There's two dogs in there now. But, uh, 
But no, it, it's good that we we're first of all, but we also, it looks like we were last in. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm pleased it's all over. I'm sure it will come back in some form. And I also saw that obviously they're sneaking in the 32 teams in the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, the next, next fight to fight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, Harry, does it matter to you that we were last in? Because, um, I mean, personally, when all the narrative started and it was quickly put out, wasn't it, by certain journalists, oh, City, yeah. oh, they were wringing their hands about this. They were so reluctant. They had no choice. <laughs> they had to. I just thought, bullshit. And yeah. I, didn't, I, I believe they were last in. But as regards yeah. to this kind of hand-wringing, uh, what about yourself? Yeah, I think it's very similar to everyone else, to be honest. My mum turned to me like when it was announced and just went, it kind of feels like someone's cheated on me. And I feel like yeah. that kind of sums it up quite well. Yeah. Um, look, I don't claim to be too clued up on the stuff off the pitch. And I constantly say I kind of long for the days, if there were days like this, where all that mattered was kind of the sort of nine minutes on the pitch. But I'm also not stupid. And I know how fucking idiotic they've been about the whole thing. Um. And the fact that they've kind of, like you've just said, ruined any little bit of trust that they've built up. Now they've pulled out, it's more a sense of sort of relief than anything else. And what you've just said, I think is right. Like every single podcast has, has kind of been like that. Oh, surely that with all the PR around this, it's doomed to fail. How can these lads at the top, it was supposed to be these clever brains, yeah. um, not see that. But the question's got to be asked. If if Pep and De Bruyne and whoever else came out uh, in, in our club, and said what they said, and they stayed silent on it. Would we have pulled out so quickly? I seriously doubt it. I think Pep was a bigger factor than a lot of people realise in terms of City's decision. No, I go along with that. Uh, Leon, how's your estimation of the club's owners changed in the last week? Uh, kind of a twofold question, really. How has it changed as regards to their decision to enter the Super League? And also, as Harry's just touched on then, in hindsight, or very quickly, it, it's it came apparent as such a stupid decision because they hadn't, you know, even conferred with the manager, the players. It seemed like a real kind of rash move from people we'd always been told, you know, were very, they calculated everything out beforehand. They plotted, they had a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. They were very clever people, very serious people. This seemed like the move of amateurs. Yeah, and I think that's the one sort of hangover from this is that they've been faultless, really, in yeah. the 13 years they've been involved nearly at the club. And this is definitely a yellow card. Now, yeah. I don't know any City fan who sent them off, to be honest. <laughs> but but I saw, you know, I saw on Twitter that, you know, joking apart, City fans are very real. And especially if they've experienced the last sort of 50 years of supporting the club and the 30 years before the last decade. Mm. So that they would, they would, be uh, moralistic and, you know, go and support teams like Stockport and Macclesfield mm. and Altrincham and whatever. So, and uh, you know, I was reconsidering my position, but I think it's, de- I think we should move on. There's so many more things to worry about. Not in this podcast, by the way, but I think we should move on <laughs> in terms of supporting the club. Um, but it is a yellow card and the first black mark. But, you know, if you look around at other clubs, Liverpool, Arsenal, United, their owners have had so many black marks mm. that therefore I think we're lucky that this is the first one. Well, I just want to kind of read out something I saw on Blue Moon Forum um, yesterday, yeah. um, which directly kind of leads on from what you said earlier about other clubs and, and particularly United. 
Uh, and then I want to get into kind of Soriano with you, Harry. So um, this is a post from a guy called Heart of the Matter. Uh, I don't know who you are, sir, but if you listen to this pod, you basically summed up exactly how I feel about this last week. Uh, he wrote, United fans have lived with supporting their club, but hating their owners for years. We as a whole have been supportive of ours, despite some potential reservations. Um, I've been happy to be weaponized to call out and challenge for cartel and the hypocritical fan base of the entitled clubs. I know more about club finances, amortization, football politics and FFP than any fan should have to. I've invested my heart and soul into the club and the project. I was going to walk away from football over this, walk away from the club. Now I want to support our team, our manager and our on-field actions. When challenged about our ownership, I may well now do the United approach. Shrug my shoulders and simply say, yeah, shit in it. That pretty much something. Would you go along? Yeah. I said on a sort of piece to camera the other day, day, any punishment that's given on a footballing basis is is bad for obviously Pep and the players and and, and they don't Mm. deserve it. But the biggest punishment, I think, is that the mask has slipped on these guys at the top. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly gutted because, honestly, I constantly give the owners on the hierarchy, whoever is involved in these sort of decisions, massive credit in the past because look where I'm from. I go to East Manchester very often and the developments there, as been said all week, are are outstanding and the work they do um, in the community is, it can only be applauded. But, this is such a monumental mess up that it is completely tarnished anything like that in my mind. And yeah. it's, 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 it's upsetting because they've, they've done so much to, to sort of build up the community. And this is just such a massive mess up that I, I that honestly, I'm, I'm so confused with it all. I'm, I'm very similar. I'd, I really want to sort of back the, the boys on the pitch, but this is just in the back of my mind constantly. Um, Harry, how do you feel about Soriano now and his position? Is it kind of, you know, in any way at risk or basically is it a case where if we're going to forgive City to whatever extent, we should also forgive um, individuals such as Soriano? Um, I mean, if he was the one to make the decision, I don't know how much, I I suppose we'll never know how much the rest of them in terms of Mubarak and and everyone else was consulted on it. Hmm. I suppose... It's obviously going to depend on what sort of punishments come City's way. Um, I think a bonus Soriano has is that he was brought in to, to, to attract Pep Guardiola to the club. Would Pep Guardiola's stance change if his best mates were left? I don't know. I, I don't know. That's probably a factor that will come into it. But yeah, I think it's firmly to do with the punishments. Me personally, I felt like something has got to, has got to, someone's got to take the fall for it. Um, and if that's Soriano who who made all the decisions, then yeah, it's it's probably probably got to be him. But it's definitely a a sort of tough decision because it's not as black and white as as you say with the owners of of Manchester United, Arsenal, and and Liverpool who have constantly been you know messing about with the club this you know since they've come in they've been yeah. virtually near perfect, haven't they? So this but this is such a catastrophic mess up that <laughs> it's difficult to to sit there and comfortably say, comfortably say that no one should pay the price for what they've done and what they put f- the City fans, staff, players through in that, that sort of 72-hour period. Yeah, I mean, I, I touched on that on Wednesday's pod. I mean, it's such a basic point, but it's one where it's so basic, it's kind of been overlooked, which is these individuals, you know, Soriano, those the City hierarchy, and of course the hierarchies at the other clubs, 
they have inflicted anxiety, severe yeah. and genuine anxiety, onto millions of people during a fucking pandemic. I mean, mm. so unnecessary. Yeah, and I think it, as, as well as well as that, I know in terms of the people, but I was saying that. Look, I know that I made an example of kind of Arsenal. Look, they they, they furloughed what was it eighty plus employees yeah. at the same time they were negotiating a deal that gave them four hundred million pound for just entering the competition. That's honestly disgraceful. And it's the it's the same with City and you know there's clubs lower down the footballing pyramid that are literally scrapping to stay alive, and City are negotiating that. It honestly makes me feel sick. Uh, Leon, had City not pulled out, what would have been your personal experience watching the League Cup this Sunday? Would you have been conflicted? Would you have even watched it? Would you uh, sound yeah. kind of daft? But would you have supported City as much as you would narrowly do? I mean, I definitely would. Like I say, I. I I never thought it'd happen, and I'm, I'm really sound like a bit of a knob. Keep saying that, so I didn't really get to that part of my brain. Right, but I was thinking of Plan B about you know finding a, a you know a lower division side. Maybe I used to go to Luton Town in my youth. I've said before on the podcast, and going back to Luton, it crossed my mind. And I, of course, I would have been conflicted this weekend because you know most of us, particularly on our podcast, are men of principle. The yeah. women of principle, of course. Um, so therefore, we, we wouldn't just let it happen. But I suppose I never went to the reach, the far reaches of my brain to actually think of plan B in any detail. Uh, and by the time I maybe had, uh, it was all over. I mean, what I will be interested in is, you know, like we used to sing quite a, long, a lot of songs about the owners. Mm. Uh, whether that dies a bit of a death. Um and how the fans sort of, you know, it's always usually vocal at away games, particularly, and whether that will die um, for a while. Yeah, but no, I, I never got to that point. I mean, mm. one thing I would say, though, is that back in the 90s, when Peter Swales was in charge, we, you know, no one was a fan. And even Franny Lee, he came, he came into Great Swan Song with Alan Ball, and that was over within a year. Mm. So... So I think we've got to move on. I, th- I think, and again, it goes against, I know, I know uh, Stefan did some great insight and podcasts, but I do think that if we were all at work and going on the piss every weekend, I don't think it would have been quite as momentous on social media. I think, I think we've all got principles and we don't want anything like that and some like franchise thing, but I do think more of it's been made of over the because of the last year we've all lived in, possibly, yeah. And I think you make a really good point bringing up Swales and Franny Lee because other clubs, you know, the Arsenal, Liverpool, and, and United, they, they are basically used to you know distrusting their owners, mm. whereas mm. we have that kind of added layer, don't we, of kind of where we have been not blinded but certainly kind of led to believe that our owners are men of principle who would do the right thing for the club because they consistently have done up until this point. Um, really have, and, I, and I'm not playing it down because obviously I know the uproar this week. I'm really not playing it down. Mm. But I do think that the modern way, particularly in the last, with Brexit and then with the pandemic and with this, I think there's a lot of hot air. And I know we think it was a fact that it was happening, but it wasn't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to find the balance <laughs> right between fucking hell, Leon. You know, it was going to happen, but... I don't know. I just, I, I, I just think that 
There's a lot more hoops to go through before it could have happened. No, I, anyway. I, I'm with you there. I, I, and whether it was just kind of hope or any kind of realistic thought process, but I, I consistently thought this can't happen. This won't happen. Mm. Um, Harry, what about you? Would, would you have felt kind of conflicted watching him this, this Sunday? Um, I think the main point I'd make is it was sort of nothing to do with, with Pep, his staff and the players. Yeah. So to kind of reference what Klopp said, they've kind of worked so hard all season to put us in the position we're in. So yes, I probably would have supported them. Would it have been as kind of intensely as before it? Maybe not. Um, if they were still in it, I mean, we're looking at a sort of massive change of circumstances. How upset I was in that sort of 48 hours over what had kind of happened. I don't think I'd have been able to get up for it, honestly. Mm. And that's not a reflection on, on the manager and the players, but it's just how I would have felt. Um, what, what about um, now Harry is it, is it a case now where you can basically just focus on City being in the League Cup final this weekend um, I mean moving on is probably something I'll only sort of realise in time because honestly I I kind of don't know where my head's at with the majority of things in my life right now <laughs> let alone football got a, which is got a dissertation to do oh yeah. mate yeah. but let alone that you know football's <laughs> supposed to be my escape from all this yes. and it always yeah. has been it's a bloody good and, point mate yeah and I mean everything that you need to know as, a, as a, a Manchester City fan at the moment with FFP and everything is 80% off the pitch you know what I mean you have to be so knowledgeable about the stuff off the pitch to understand what's going on and that's not what I want to do I want to sit down for that 90 minutes with my family and my friends and enjoy it and I just I just I just can't I don't know it's honestly it's only something that I'm going to realise with time I think yeah no, yeah, I think you're absolutely bang on and it goes back to that kind of post on, on Blue Moon as well you know we know more about amortisation and kind of FFP mm. and football finance and politics that we should ever know we never used to know about that or care about it I'm honestly gutted for the players because they have absolutely smashed it in a, in a season of all seasons with the circumstances and they've put us in a fantastic position where we can still win three major trophies and the board have completely tarnished that for a lot of fans and it's unfair on them because it's none of their fault, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I completely understood what Klopp was saying on that night, look like we had nothing to do with it, like there's no need to be to be going at us. Um I think it'll help us, though. I think it'll help us, though, because we are the black sheep of the Premier League the last five years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think now we're we're one of six. But there's a flock now, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. there's a flock now. <laughs> I so, suppose, yeah. So I'm quite pleased. But I've got to say one thing, and, and again, I don't like to get too involved in the hyperbole, but I will say that I don't want to hear what James Corden thinks about this. <laughs> I don't want to hear about David Beckham, who owns a franchise in a closed league, thinks about this. Mm. And I mean, honestly, the the hypocrisy astounds me. Rio Ferdinand, this huge rant about it. He went for 50 million in two years, 20 years ago. Mm. And he's talking about money killing football. You know, they, they have an opinion and anyone has an opinion, but it's this kind of going absolutely crazy about it. Fans are much more discerning than that. Fans see through that bullshit. And therefore, let's have voices of the fans that aren't, you know, there's nothing wrong with Rio Ferdinand earning loads of money. That's that's what he's done. Um, but yeah. don't then be so vocal about it and losing your shit about it. Because, I, 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 you know, it's so important. I want voices of the people to reflect my voice or reflect 
our beliefs rather than it coming from these guys. Okay. And I think that's something that could change, hopefully, in yeah. time. Can I just say I'm I'm very pleased Ilkay Gundogan tweeted what he tweeted the other day because I yeah, think it'd yeah, be v- yeah. very easy to with all that sort of relief to just kind of take a breather and just be like oh, well, at least that's all gone but you know UEFA were very smart in dropping that new format in the middle of kind of all the, the outrage of the Super League and as as Ilkay said quite perfectly it's it's ridiculous what they're trying to make the players do. You know, if anything, they need lesser games, not more games. And obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of, of what UEFA announced, but I saw something to do with some of it will be based on merit as well, which is what we were kind of slagging off the, the sort of Super League for. So I think it's important to sort of keep this momentum going in, not just, you know, with UEFA and stuff, but other stuff like ticket prices and kickoff times and the investment in the women's game and stuff like that. You know, we've got a real momentum now as as fans and it's important I think to not let this die out and just keep pushing at these organisations these and, clubs for, for better stuff and someone like Vinnie Company as a skipper of the club would have really I know Fernandinho did a great job and then yep. Gundo came out but but you really want that representation for the fans out there and away kickoff times is one of my biggest gripes Yeah, yeah. you can't even travel to games if it's 12.30 at Palace from Manchester Leon have yeah. you got a window open I'm about to shut that helicopter's just... Oh, is it a helicopter? Sorry, yeah. I thought, God, feel it with a bypass. Okay, is it? It's a helicopter just landing. One oh, is it? Sorry, yeah, one second. Is, it, is that your taxi? <laughs> I know, yeah, where, are you, where you live. Yeah. <laughs> right, I, I really want to know the answer to this. Yeah. Leon? Leon? Sorry. How have you... How could you put a helicopter landing right by where you live? <laughs> Don't start on this again. I haven't been on for a while. Genuine question. I, I haven't done one name drop. And no, now fair enough. I'm not, I'm not implying anything. I'm no. genuinely just interested. I've, I've <laughs> never had a helicopter land close to where I live. And I'm just curious. At all. I, I live on the river and the Battersea Heliport is opposite my right. apartment. All oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, staying with you, Lynn, I've got a question here. Just going to wrap this up on the whole kind of Super League business. Do you think that football supporters have a higher threshold for connivance and immorality and you know misfeasance because it's football? It's it's something we love, therefore we want it to continue. Do you think, to an extent, we turn a blind eye to to an awful lot of wrongdoings that's that's prevalent in the game? I think we've had to in the last. Well, Premiership's been going thirty years, isn't it? The Sky Premiership, and that kind of was the first time we had to sort of turn a blind eye to Rupert Murdoch and everything else. Mm. But I think so. I think, you know, when there were no fans in, in, in the first lockdown, a lot of people said, oh, I don't watch football without fans, but they have. So I think, mm. yeah, I think that's a great point. We are used to it. But I do think also, which you've seen this week, is that enough is enough. And I'm really hoping that there should be the same kind of backlash to the VAR and the away and the away fan stuff, you know the timings, and also you know the social media racism. Yeah, I, I wish you know not bending on a knee before a game, actually doing shit about it. Yeah, contemplating mean. Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and and getting everyone to have ID or something because yeah. that the knee's token now to me. Do you know what I mean? It's actually doing something about it. Sky go over the top. In every shape, and if there's anything that they think they can win fans over, they go the other way. But I think 
do, dealing with those three things, I'm sure every football fan has, has a list of their own things they like to see, but I think they should be considered and there should be representatives within each club, like Vinnie Company, say, I know he's busy managing at the minute, but someone that the fans look up to and they're like a club rep, a fan rep that are well known and each club's got one and they're the voice of the fans because that's the problem. A bit like in the old days where fans used to sign autographs and go for a beer with uh, players after the game. We're now way up from that. Yeah. But to someone to be in the middle of the fans and the players because actually because of social media, the positive side, fans are much closer to the players now. But, yeah. but, but I think there should be a rep so we, we could deal with these situations because in the end... I'm not saying that VAR shouldn't exist. Go on, technology is brilliant. But, you know, 93-20 moment, the Sterling against Tottenham moment, all these things are going to continually be spoiled. And it's not so bad in your armchair watching the game. But yeah. when we go back to watching the game, if we're looking at each other for every goal, because it's got much worse since the pandemic, that's going to be horrific. Mm. That we okay. can't enjoy celebrating a goal. So the VAR should be next on the list. Yeah. So I don't understand why there isn't the same outcry about it. Well, well the, go, on, go on. No, I was just going to say that the, the Liverpool, the name escapes me, but the Liverpool Supporters Club have, obviously they've got to look at it at a, a, a much clearer sort of standpoint and they've, they've just said that they want fan, represent, uh, fan representatives on the board. Yeah. Um, whether it's, it's players spirit, or... Spirit from an actual, players, yeah. Yes, that's what it is. Um, I know City have, is it City Matters? Yes. Um how much say they get, I don't know. So I think fam representation on the on the board and in terms of decisions is definitely the, the best way forward. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And and yeah, there is some momentum and let's capitalise on that momentum now. Um I'm sure it'll all fall apart because when you've got millions of people who all support different clubs wanting yeah. the same thing, you're gonna get your success rate is gonna be minimal, isn't it? Um yeah. But yeah, if we can just get one more, one or two more over the line whilst this momentum is there and this belief is there that we matter. Um, whether it's VAR or, you know, in my particular case, I think the Champions League new format should just tumble. That should be the yeah. next to go. They're going under massive pressure as well because can you imagine, I, I think pre this, I think they would have put season ticket prices up next season. But yeah. can you imagine a world where they put season ticket prices up now? If anything, it'll go down, I'm telling you, because they're under massive pressure right now. So it's it's, it's essential that we build on it and try and get more and more out of it, as you just said. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a good way to end that, that segment and kind of move on to this Sunday's Carabao Cup final. Um, Leon, would you have rather Jose Mourinho hadn't left so um, left so soon before the final? Um, there's, you know, obviously, there's such a thing as a new manager bounce. We saw it the other night with Spurs under Ryan Mason. Um, would you have rather Mourinho still in charge? Because they, they, they were looking stagnant, weren't they? They were, and I'm torn, to be honest, because I know that a one-off final, Mourinho against Pep. Yeah, yeah. I, I was worried about that. He's got a good record against Pep, to be fair. Yeah. He has, and he's always, you know, I know he's sort of losing his powers, um, but he's always, a one-off game, I'd still back him. So I'm pleased he's gone. Uh, I think Kane is injured. 50-50, mate. 50, yeah. 50. It, it, well, he is injured, but it's kind of... The feeling is that they're going to play him whether, you know, if he's right. about kind of 80% fit. But I think the bounce back, I think when you're struggling and you're in the league, 
and you've got six games to go, it could definitely work. But no, I don't think they'll have enough. I don't think it'll, it'll help them on, on Sunday. I, I'd have thought if I, Mourinho leaving's hindered the one-off cup final. Yeah. How, how would you go along with that? And as regards to kind of Kane and De Bruyne, I mean, it very much looks like De Bruyne's going to be rested and yeah. play and feature against PSG in midweek. Um, Harry Kane, the feeling now is that he might start. Yeah, not the he greatest, definitely will. Well, he's, he's not got the greatest record against City. He hasn't scored in the last no. eight fixtures, never from open play. Um, so how, how, how do you feel about that? The fact that their kind of pivotal figure is going to start but 80% fit and ours isn't. Yeah. Um, first of all, sort of on Mourinho, I, I mean, maybe on the one hand, Mourinho's final record, I should say, is sensational and the old Pep versus Jose narrative is probably something that we're gladly going to avoid um, yeah. because Pep has sort of got the better over him in the last couple of years. And to, be, to be fair, over his career, he's got a very good record. Um, however, the potential that the players will give 100% for kind of Mason and, and Ledley King, that sort of duo... Um, rather than Mourinho is probably a real possibility but I, Tottenham miss, will miss out most 100% um, if if Kane isn't fit but they're so desperate for him to start I think yeah. in, in a game like this that he'll f- feature whether he's 50% or 100% um, we've seen without Kev we're still very good yes, and it's absolutely. a very big controlled midfield arguably without him <laughs> which is mental considering he's the best midfielder in the world and I remember when I was on one of my first ever podcasts on here and you asked me the question Steve um, are we better if we got a problem when De Bruyne comes back and we all sort of laughed at you yeah. um, but I mean I, I very much like that Rodri Bernardo Gundogan midfield Um the, the sort of control we've had against Villa is something I've not seen since Kev's come back and that's nothing on De Bruyne um, but Kane is single-handedly carrying Spurs through this that, that tricky run they were on just at the end of Mourinho's reign um, just, just down to the fact that he needs that that sort of one opportunity to score. So yeah, I certainly believe that that K will start no matter what the fitness because this is their last sort of chance now to to win anything this season. You know, the league, I cannot see with, with, with sort of any sort of way Tottenham getting to the to the top four. No. So this is this is their last chance to to win anything. So they will just stick him out. If he gets injured, he gets injured. Well, how big a factor is that for you, Leon? I mean, obviously City aren't going to be complacent in this, but... You know, this is kind of Tottenham season, really, in the space of 90 minutes. Uh, and, of course, they've got Son as well, who's he's scored six against us in recent years, um, scored in, in the week again. Um, so they've got dangerous players. Bale frightens me because Bale just always seems to rise to the big occasion. Um, is it a factor that it matters so much to Spurs? Or could it even kind of undermine them and kind of put more pressure on them? Yeah, I, I, I'd be more worried about the team we play than the team they play. Right, okay. Uh, personally, because obviously we've got the game on... It's Tuesday, isn't it? Uh, Wednesday. Oh, it is Wednesday, yeah. So so it's not, not as bad. I saw something on my calendar that was that we had Tuesday, but it's Wednesday. So it's the team we play, and we've got quite a few players out of form. So I'd be more concerned that if he think he's not going to play Sterling against PSG, then he'll play Sterling on Sunday. Yeah, and I've yeah. I've I've backed Sterling in World Cups, Euros for City since he signed, and for the first time, I'm now not. Mm-hmm. Now I don't want him to go anywhere, and I think his form will come back. He's just going through a crisis of confidence or whatever, but I, I don't want to see him playing Sunday because 
he was so poor uh, in his last few outings that that it really will hold us back. And like you say, that midfield's so fluid at the minute. It was it's a bit like. Do you remember there was a period of time a few seasons ago when there was Sane, Sterling, and Hazus up front. Yeah, and it, I think it was West Ham away. We played football that was unbelievable. And yeah. I think the same kind of uh, that football for that period of time was very much like before Kevin came back uh, at City uh, this season. We played about eight or nine games without him and the football was ridiculously fluid, just like those days of that front three. So, and I saw glimpses of it on Villa on um, Wednesday that it was back again yeah. without him. So, but I just don't think he'll play that strongest side on Sunday because of Wednesday. What about you, Harry? Do you think he will play kind of Sterling and maybe look to kind of Torres the feature? Um, I think it'd be a sort of mixture between Chelsea and Filler, the side. Um, there's obvious like changes, but I think Walker being fit for the Paris game, like 100% ready to go, is probably the most important thing purely because of Mbappe and Neymar's pace. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd probably predict that Cancelo comes in this weekend um, because he seemingly has fell out of Pep's starting 11 um, at this moment in time. Um, I think there's other areas of the field where he might rest a few. I, I'd say I'd say maybe the captain Fernandinho comes in because it's a cup final, uh, and Rodri can be rested for for midweek. And obviously with De Bruyne, when De Bruyne is in there in the Champions League, he likes to play the the false nine. So uh, would that mean Jesus starts again? Or as you say, I think Sterling simply just needs to sort of find some form. Um, so maybe he starts in a in a sort of false nine, but I, I I hope that apart from that, it's the strongest in terms of with like Gundogan, Bernardo, Phil, Riyad. You've just got to keep them firing. And I just find it baffling to me. And th- this was my biggest criticism after Chelsea is that after a game, I can't remember exactly which one it was. It might have been Wolves. Pep said, look, now the best team he's going to play between now and the end of the season. There's going to be no rotation. There's, mm. you know, the, the people who have earned the right to play in that starting 11 are going to play and, he doesn't see him in the the games after that that he's that he's opted for that policy. So now in you've got the biggest of big games coming up, the 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 strongest eleven, with a few exceptions. I've got to start for me. Well, I'd go along with that. But if Pep is listening, and I know that he listens to every podcast without fail, um, pick Sergio, mate, please. <laughs> um, he never fails to score against the Spuds. Um, and Zinchenko oh, just on the left back because he's really really impressed me Zinchenko. he's really he looks amazing yeah. like he's coming to his own yeah so who so who do you play on Sunday and Wednesday I don't want to jump podcast Zinchenko on both mate for me um, right. as I would say about, um, I would say about playing the, the strongest 11 I mean it's a cup final I know how big PSG game is of course I do but you know it's still a cup final and it's still a trophy up for grabs and so I don't fancy Mendy there um, I don't want to see it. Uh, you know, Cancelo, as, as Harry said, will play right back. So, yeah, Zinchenko and both for me personally. Yeah, I agree completely. Good, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is also a final where we've seen four of the last ten finals go to penalties. Um, which oh. is worth noting that both City and Spurs have both had ten penalties awarded to them this season. City have scored seven. Spurs haven't missed one yet. Yeah, we might as well walk home if it goes to penalties. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Phil Foden. God bless that. Oh. I mean, just God bless our fortune oh. in having Phil Foden. Um, right. Who wants to start? In the oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first, you honestly. Go, He's been the absolute light of my week. <laughs> I was absolutely buzzing with him in midweek. And I know he's got a lot of praise in the, in the media in the past, but this is the first time I think I've, I've seen him put him in like that world-class level. But yeah. it's like this every week for City. Like You watch him every... He makes football look so easy. Um, the way he glides past players, the way he plays with freedom, it's just absolute, it's so refreshing to watch after the week that I just, we just had to watch him play like that and play like, he was just, he, he simply, he was the best player on the field by a million miles on the weekend. The with him is, I genuinely believe in the last month or two, he is now a full level up on a lot of his teammates. And I, I think, I think how good we are as a team. Yeah, I think Asan tweeted, didn't he, that he needs to be put on the Haaland and Mbappe level. Yeah, I, yeah. I completely yeah. agree with that. Why Why not? Why shouldn't he be on that level? Because he's performing just as good as him in the big moments as well. Well, Leon, let's pass over to you. Kind of where does he rate then? How does he kind of what... What level are we looking at here with Phil Foden? Because, you know, it, it's, it's standard practice to, to say that he's, he's a generational talent and, you know, he's going to be England's future and he's going to be City's future. But is he more than that? I genuinely am starting to believe now that he is right up there with the Mbappes, with the Haaland's, as one of the world's top five players, essentially. I mean, he's, he's a level above everyone else for me. Uh, would you go along with that? Uh, from what I've seen the last few months, certainly. You know, he's a game changer. Yeah. All I worry about him is that he's not, he's maybe not, he's not Jack Grealish in terms of lad culture, but I can see him being a proper lad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's managed, he's, I think he's having a, is it a second baby on the way. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that could be helpful. But but the biggest thing and what we've seen with the fall of our our lads and our heroes and our great players, generational talents, is how he gets managed over the next five years, personally. Yeah, yeah. And I know the world's changed since the nineties and the noughties of sort of laddie culture. So hopefully that 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 would be the biggest thing stopping his, his career because he has everything. Yeah, I, he, I, he doesn't even look at the goal when he's shooting. I know. What's that about? <laughs> I, I I hope that that instant with Greenwood in in England. I hope. And yeah, that was a wake-up call. Anomaly. And, yeah. yeah and, because that's, that's the, that is the biggest... It's distractions would be the biggest thing to his career. Yeah. But, he, but I think now, as, as a City player, he's being surrounded by the Silvers, the De Bruynes, the Agueros, who are all not that real laddie culture. Oh, it's model professionals. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he loves playing. You can see he loves playing. He's telling his teammates off right now. You can see yeah. it. He's actually telling off kind of Zinchenko and Sterling and saying, no, play it there, play it here, play, give it to me. He's taking charge. He's phenomenal. Yeah. I, don't want to, I don't want Lloyd to take all the credit for this. <laughs> Lloyd's, been, Lloyd's been talking him up for so many years. Everyone knew how good he was. Let's but be honest, Leon. It's not, as, it's not as if he went for some obscure choice. Yeah, and said, absolutely. Oh, that, that lad in League 2 for Cheltenham Town, you look out for him, he's got, he's got promise. I think we all knew it anyway. <laughs> Um, I mean, Colin. Well, could I just say, Colin Bell's City's highest ever scoring midfielder, 153 goals. Mm. Phil's on 29, and he's had, what, two full seasons, you'd say, really, yeah. of playing regularly. I mean, if he stays at City for his entire career, he'll smash that, won't he? Yeah, it was, it was something like 50 goals and assists combined at yeah. the age of 21. And I'm pretty third. sure, 
Sorry, go on. That was he's the first player who perhaps managed who has done that in his whole career. Mm. He's a couple of goal contributions away from David Silva's best season for City. Right. At 20 years of age, like absolutely fit. Do, do you know Honestly, what I mean? He can be whatever it, he wants. My, my dad is a United fan and he went yeah. home and away for 25 years in the 60s, 70s. Um, and, and then just, you know, would take me along when I was a kid, but I was over City. So, and then he stopped going basically. And he's kind of fallen out of love with the game now. Anytime I watch it yeah. with him, he's basically, oh, what's all this passing around at the back? Get the ball forward like Georgie Best used to do. He's that kind of fella. You know, he loves Phil Foden. Loves him. I mean, yeah, he he's sort of old fashioned in his play, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, that's, that's what I love about it. He, my dad will phone up just to talk about Phil Foden. He's like, how did yeah. Phil get on today? You know, he, he's got a connection to him because, as you said, it's that old fashioned, just loves to attack his opponent, mm. loves to take his man on, full of kind of enthusiasm. It's pure, it's playground. And mm. he's fucking brilliant at it all. <laughs> it's that old that old question though, isn't it? If he played for Barcelona or Real Madrid right now, they'd be talking about him as like the best player in the world. Yeah. Is I him being is. it. I, yeah. is. <laughs> I, I genuinely yeah. be I think he's one year away from being the best in the world. And a year ago I believed the same, but I would never have said it a year ago. I would have felt, you know, you can't can't say that about a young lad, it's not fair. Yeah. He's 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 announced it now, he's proved it, yeah. there's, no, there's no going back. There's a lot of robotic. There's a lot of robotic players like in the city team, but he is just such an anomaly. And I mean, he's got to play every game. I mean, look. I mean, we were shocking against Chelsea, and in the five ten minutes he'd come on in that game, City were miles the better side. Mm. A twenty year old is making a team of experienced players and taking him on his back at the moment in time. He supercharges whatever team he plays in. Basically, he he just he electrifies the team. That he plays yeah. for, um, from left back to right wing, you oh, know that skill in in the box when <laughs> like pirouetted a player and nearly scored. I went, oh my god, that, that would have been a goal for the ages. The control he did against Villa, where it was over, came over his head by the touchline, uh, and he, he kind of ran over the ball. And oh my god, I've not ever. Well, seen that's him normal. Like that. That's normal. Yeah. He did that for England when he took it out of the sky with his heel yes. and flicked it past the player. Yeah. Just the the ability the lad has is astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are so, so fortunate. I, I mean, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. first we get kind of taken over and, and lavished, lavished with these dreams that we've been given. And then we get a lad from Stockport who happens to be <laughs> the greatest footballer in the world. Yeah, absolutely, man. We're a bit fortunate, let's be honest. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, Leon, if City win it uh, this weekend six times in eight years, which is unbelievable and it's unprecedented as well. I've looked at the FA Cup and the League Cup. I can't find a period of dominance from one club in a knockout tournament over that kind of period before. Um, what are reasons behind this? Why, why do we love the, the League Cup so much? Well, I think we've played our strongest team throughout. I know yeah. he changed goalkeepers. Bravo, uh, play and uh, Pantillion on before. We've we played our reserve keepers, but we've we've pretty much played strong sides. I always remember the game when Pellegrini played a weakened City side against Chelsea in the FA Cup. I think that was. Yeah, and and fans don't like it, and we don't do it. So I think our dominance is mainly because of the strength of the side and our squad. Yeah. But also, I've always backed that winning, getting a trophy in February, kickstarts the rest of the season and keeps the momentum going. So we've taken it seriously, and we've got a bit of luck. We've managed to win shootouts, and uh, long may it continue, because you know I, I wish it was called the League Cup. 
uh, like the FA Cup, just to give it kind of a bit more credence. But no, I mean, Mm. you know, I'll be gutted if we lose on Sunday. And ultimately, no one takes it that seriously. So no one, we should, why should we care? But I will be genuinely gutted. Just almost as much as losing the semi-final to Chelsea. I'll be, in fact, I'll be more upset if we lose because it's sort of our cup now. And, um, and also Tottenham. And yeah, I think you've got to forget, lads, it's Spurs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Harry, you said at the very top of the show about um, your mum and, and kind of reaction to this week's developments and how it feels like City have almost kind of cheated on us. I feel yeah. the same way if we lose the Carabao Cup on Sunday. It's our, it's our tournament. I mean, it's a, oh, to imagine yeah. a Spurs player lifting that cup would be like, it's like your missus walking out and, yeah, and going, you know, basically going drinking with that dickhead down the local. It's just, oh, I couldn't cope with that. No way. Be too much. Um, how how kind of how much does it mean to you, Harry? The fact that this tournament is one that we've got such a strong affiliation with. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Carabao enthusiast. I've got, I've got to say, <laughs> um, but I think I think the main reason we've we've got to give credit is purely down to to Pep. Um, his respect for the domestic cups is unparalleled to any other top manager. Yeah. Um, the difference between him and Klopp is that Klopp goes full out for the main two and sacrifices the domestic trophies. And if he doesn't win them too, just like this season, he's left with with nothing. Whereas Guardiola always has like sort of domestic trophy in the bag normally in February. Um, but Guardiola goes from all, very rarely does he put like a really bad side out as well. Like he's got total respect. I mean, the the little anecdote he did, um, I think it was before Cheltenham. Um, and he said, look, we came from these yes. sort of stadiums. We, we, we love to play these. Cheltenham is, is spot on. And that's how all top managers should be. I understand the fixture congestion and stuff like that. I get it. But his respect for the domestic cups is why we've got such a brilliant record. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we, we win it this year and then the next year is the final year. Carabao's got the sponsorship. So win it every every time. So we're the only Carabao Cup holders. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> well, well, I so- think the good news is, sorry, Steve, is that, that Leeds and Chelsea side, he won't play that again. No. So I hope not, losses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so with that in mind, then, Liam, what's your score prediction? I think we'll win 2 0 in normal time. Okay. Harry? Obviously, very time dependent, but if that same side plays against Villa, I could see us winning comfortably 3 0. Okay. I'll, I'm, I'm going with 2 0 myself, um, but a bit t- tense, a bit tight. Uh, and I'm fearful of, like I said earlier, Bail. Bail's just finals. Yes. Bail and finals, there's something about it. Um, Right, thanks very much for joining me today, Leanne. It's been a pleasure to have you back, mate. And don't leave it so long next time, man. <laughs> it's been good. I, I've got to say one thing is that anyone seen Brian Kidd? Not for a while, no way. <laughs> because I'd be worried about him. Whether he's, <laughs> whether he's going to be the full oh, guy for the Super League fallout, maybe it's down to him. That would be amazing. But it, I've not seen him anywhere. Awful, and I thought, but amazing. I think ever since Pep's come in, he's not been there, by the way, like in terms of on the dugout. I think he has to sit with the medics and stuff like that. I think ever since uh, Pep's come in, I thought he was like shielding that. for COVID. Yeah, oh, he always maybe. seemed to be around the bench. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's more light-hearted. But I just, <laughs> Absolutely, well, God, it's God, like God, where's God. Wally? Where's get Wally the hashtag kid? going on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, where's Kiddo? Yeah, yeah, where's Kiddo? Mister Manchester. Anyway, yeah, thanks. It's great to be back on the show. Good to have you on, man. And uh, thank you very much, Harry. Yeah, pleasure as always, mate. And apologise for calling you Howard earlier. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even catch that. Did you? When did you call me, Howard? It's about halfway through the, the show. I've, 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 
I've got Howard on my mind. What can I say? I love him. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but I love you guys too. Thanks very much. And thanks for listening, for listening in. That's a wrap for today, folks. Happy St. George's Day to the English among you. And of course, you have my deepest sympathies for not being born Welsh. Um, it's, <laughs> it's the city continuing their supreme record in the League Cup this Sunday. But in the meantime, take care of yourselves. Be well and forever up the blues. <laughs>